With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Will we, could we actually have the NHL back in January? I've been skeptical of that for quite some time. But man, I'm willing to be sold on the concept. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this, the DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. This show is Daily Shot of Penguins. I also have every day a Daily Shot of Steelers, a Daily Shot of Pirates. You can find our podcasts really on any platform anywhere. Just go to your search bar on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, you name it, and just type in DK Sports and you'll see our programming show up. I'm open to being convinced that the NHL could play in January. And I'm that way for two reasons. The first reason is that for all the fuss that Gary Bettman has kicked up over the past few days working through the league's semi-surrogate national media, and boy are they ever when it comes to hockey. It's not really that huge a gap between what the league wants from the players and what the players want. So these big threats of just not having a season and there are some owners who say they don't even want to play at all, they'd rather wait until whatever. The money gap, the financial gap, isn't that huge. And for all the numbers that get thrown around, every team will lose $150 million. Every team will da 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 whatever else. The players have to play for free. They're not going to have any fans in the stands. What you have to do sometimes is not listen to the people at the top. I know that sounds counterintuitive since they're the decision makers. But the people at the top will say what they really mean to people under them. And when the people under them speak... That's when you find out the truth. For example, remember a couple of weeks ago when Bill Foley, the owner of the the Golden Knights, told a Las Vegas radio station that there was no way the season was actually going to start on January 1. It's looking more like the start of February. And he offered all kinds of other detail that proved to be accurate. Why? He's not the one going to the negotiating table with Don Fair. You know, he can just say whatever it is that he's thinking. He's trying to say and do the right thing 
for the Las Vegas market. He just wants to make sure that the Golden Knights and their fans are informed and engaged and all that other stuff. That's that's his thing when he's doing an interview. So, yesterday, Chip Alexander, the longtime reporter of the Raleigh News and Observer, talked to Don Waddell, the Hurricanes general manager, and a guy who's been around in hockey for a million years of his Name doesn't sound familiar from that. He was also the GM of the Atlanta Thrashers back when there was an Atlanta Thrashers. Waddell told the Centennial Authority, which oversees PNC Arena in Raleigh, that he believes there will be games played in that building, quote, sometime in January, end quote. Waddell also said that he expects there will be a resolution of the NHL and NHLPA discussions within the next few days concerning the number of games this season and salary implications. Well, there you go. Now maybe, maybe Don Waddell is telling the Centennial Authority just whatever it is that they want to hear, whatever he thinks is best for the Hurricanes, but then why? What would be the point of that? What would be the point of promising something that he wouldn't know? Uh, What you have here is another case of someone else who's aware of things that maybe Gary Bettman told to shut up, but then he didn't because, again, the Hurricanes are concerned, first and foremost, with the same thing that the Penguins and every other franchise are concerned with, and that's their own market and their own fans. Waddell very clearly believes that this will start at some point in mid to late January, and by the way, that dovetails with a lot else that we've heard. Look, the NHL has nothing, nothing to gain from a shutdown. I don't want to hear about uh, owners losing this, that money, or whatever. You'd have to find some kind of way of putting together a season. You just have to. Hockey is nowhere near healthy slash ingrained enough in the United States to afford to just casually take a year and change off. And remember that for some teams, we're talking about a gap of a year and a half between games. Seven teams who missed the playoffs, and plus teams like the Penguins that were just, you know, boom, out in a heartbeat, in that 2014 tournament, they'll have gone a really, 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 really long time without being visible in their home markets, in their home communities. History tells us across all sports that when you have long pauses like that, it takes an even longer time to build back that interest, to build back that passion, that investment. And heck, as long as we're talking about money here, the sponsorships and everything else that gets applied. People find other places to spend their money. People find other activities. Over these past few months, there's already been enough data compiled, uh, not least of which is TV ratings, to suggest that people have kind of dipped a little bit 
in sports. You know, they're not as interested. They're not tuning in the way they did before. You can find all kinds of little excuses for it and say, well, the games don't seem the same because there's no fans there and I had turn off because I'm not interested in whatever. Um, okay. But it's still a sporting event. It's still a sporting event between your team and another team or maybe a team that you've bet on or whatever the case is. And all of that is down. All of it. Why? They found something else to do. You know? You know who's doing really well right now? Like the Netflixes, the movie services. Greg Ide, the owner of Ide's Entertainment, where I buy my comics downtown and have like for more than half my life, they're doing just fine. You know why? People are looking for stuff to read. They're stuck in their houses. They're looking for something to do. If hockey isn't there, people aren't just going to put their lives on pause. And, well, that's it. I'm just going to sit here and stare at the wallpaper until the NHL is back. No. They're going to find something else to do. Bettman has to have a season. And anything that he's saying to the contrary is blatant posturing. All you have to do is listen to the people under him. When we come back, I'll be joined by Tom Reed. Welcome back. Joining me now from Columbus is Tom Reed, our enterprise writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports. What a fancy title that is, Tom, you have. Enterprise writer. Yeah, I don't know what it means, but it's... Uh, it means you write about rental cars or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, I've spent my days, plenty of days in those, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It means you don't have a beat. You, can, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about phone calls and stuff when coaches get fired and guys <laughs> test positive for anabolic steroids. <laughs> Someone All else that. will work on that. I'll work on the follow-up story. There you go. Um, one story that's still poking around, obviously, on a daily basis, and it kind of goes up and down and all around, is whether or not the NHL is going to be able to get going. And you've done a lot of work for us uh, aimed specifically at bubble versus no bubble. Uh, the NBA is coming back. The NBA is going to be in training camps. By next week, they're going to have games, of course, conveniently by Christmas, meaning that's always their or one of their biggest days of the year. The NHL is still nowhere in sight. Uh, what's going on and what's the difference? Because these are two arena sports using the same facilities, same travel, same number of teams, same everything. Uh, two words, television revenue. <laughs> that's pretty much it, right? <laughs> yeah, let, let you... But, you know, sometimes stories need a lot of nuance and there's very complicated mm. factors involved, but not this one. This is this is all about one can survive on television revenue and another one. A lot of the teams in the league, meaning the NHL, cannot. Uh, unfortunately, some of these teams, uh, sad to say, would probably be their bottom line would be better off not playing if they can't have a decent amount of spectators in the arena. Well, let's talk about that because that's uh, something that I brought up in the first segment. It, it, 
in looking at it on one hand financially, but on the other hand, from not just the aesthetic of not having hockey for a year and a half, but let's let's think about what the long-term damage could be here, right? If you don't have hockey for an 18-month period in a lot of markets, including the one that, that you know you've covered for a good chunk of your life there in Columbus, uh, I mean, that counts too, right? Oh, it, without question. I mean, it's the only, uh, sadly, the only thing that, that, that gives you a little bit of, of hope as far as fans returning is they are kind of used to it, right? Unfortunately, we've had two lockouts since mm-hmm. 2004, 2005. So in some ways, fans have become conditioned to having these long pauses. But again, that's a lot different. The one season, there was no, I think 2004, 2005, or mm-hmm. yeah, I think that season didn't play at all. And then like in 2012, 2013, somewhere in that realm, that, 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 that phase, there was like only a half season, but boy, you're talking about a year and a half where hockey goes, goes away or more than a year. Let's put it that way. If there's no season at all, that's, that's asking a lot. And I I don't know if we're getting ahead of our story, but in a market like Pittsburgh, uh, where you have older superstars that are looking for one or two last kicks at the can here, uh, that's a year that they don't have a chance to, to win a Stanley Cup. So there's a lot of things at play here beyond just the financial aspect of this. Yeah, I was going to say that's 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 a big one, too. That's just from the hockey standpoint. Um, one of the things that happened during the the lockouts and the work stoppages uh, that, that you cited, those two, is that careers were ended. I mean, literally, there were there were great players who shut down and didn't come back. Um, not, I'm not suggesting that would be the case for Sid and Gino or whatever, but uh, those are years and games and goals that are lost forever. I'll throw another one at you, Tom. Alexander Ovechkin chasing Wayne Gretzky. Every yeah. game, every game that gets shaved off isn't one that he can just tack on at the end. You know what I'm saying? He'll be 40, 41 years old or whatever at some point. He's still trying to chase Wayne. He has to produce, Ovechkin does, 30, 35, 40 goals per season for a handful of seasons in order to match him. And I I don't know that that's going to happen if you keep losing games like this. Yeah, and and for our baseball fans out there, you know, uh, everyone remembers, I I can't remember what year it was, maybe 94, the players' strike. I mean, it basically ruined, that was really, although the Montreal Expos played a few more years, that was the pretty much the end of the Montreal Expos, right? I mean, they well, that's be, also the year they would have won the World Series. Exactly, they were the best that's, team in that's baseball. Exactly the point. Yeah, yeah, that was their year. They had the team and could not continue. And then, from an individual standpoint, I remember I think Ken Griffey was at thirty home runs. Ken Griffey Jr. was at thirty home runs uh, with a realistic shot at, at the time breaking Roger Maris's record. Uh, it's just it's so much. There's so many layers to this story. Uh, beyond just the financial component. Right, and there's layers to it beyond uh, etching a team's name onto the Stanley Cup, which the NHL, to their credit, was able to do uh, with the one-time bubble format, of course, putting the lightning on there. Uh, You get into individual records and, you know, you got to play. That's what I'm saying here. This this whole thing, you know, that Bettman is is now floating, you know, through his, his national media guys it just 
it it feels really really empty and not, not to mention unnecessary considering the very amicable uh five year labor agreement labor extension that they reached this past summer i'm not really sure what he's trying to do well and, and you know let's let's look at it from the nfl let, let's look take a step back from the nfl standpoint the nfl signed their most recent cba right before the, the this whole the world shut down in march so you could see from the nfl standpoint them coming back and saying wait a minute hmm. this isn't right here <laughs> right we, we were living in a different world th- three weeks ago where the NHL did this knowing they were right in the middle of it, right? Mm-hmm. They were, and I don't, not want to, don't want to take sides here, but from the player's standpoint, yes, we already agreed to concessions. We understand mm-hmm. we're, in a, we're in this world where we don't know when we're going to play again, but you signed your name to this contract, and then to come back at us where nothing has changed, and you knew the risk that how long this could take, to get a get vaccine and get people back into arenas, and you still signed your name to it. And you can understand the player's point of view, like, wait a minute, why did we, why did we go through the, all this to sign this, and now you're saying you want more clawbacks? That's- and I think, yeah, I, I see that. I think to, to put it into context from the other side, Bettman answers to the owners. Uh, Bettman is employed at the whim of the owners to, when you get down to – uh, the technical way of how a commissioner uh, is hired and fired. Uh, it's always up to the owners and the board of governors. So when Gary hears, whether it's a handful or a dozen or however many, how many it is, owners all of a sudden coming to him and saying, hey, Gary, we had no idea it was going to be this bad. Uh, anything else we can do about this? It's not necessarily Bettman speaking. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 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 the NHL collective. It's the ownership. And you know, you always hear that you know guys that have a lot of money don't want to lose money, uh, and they're not used to being told you're going to lose a, a lot of money. Now, some of these owners, of course, and not to not to cast people that are millionaires and I don't know if billionaires, but but some of these people that own teams are in, like in businesses like travel and stuff that have been very hard hit. Mm. Uh, so you have like layers upon layers on this, but certainly I still go, I still, at, at this point I side with the players. Like, you know, that yeah, I just keep going back to the fact you signed this agreement while we were in the middle of this pandemic. Right. Right. And, and then it, somehow, some way it has to get done. I've seen suggestions that someone could, uh, approach the ownership of the Seattle uh, expansion franchise and say, hey, you know this $600 million fee that you're going to pay when you join? Any chance we could get that a little sooner, you know? Yeah. Think, things like that that would help teams stay afloat, both of the individuals uh, who are the, the co-owners of the Kraken are billionaires, and that's with a B for sure, uh, and, 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 and could handle it. And, and, and the other part of this, DK, we have to remember, and again, with the full understanding that all sports were turned sideways, but if the NHL does not take anything from their disastrous television ratings this past season, <laughs> they have to understand they have got to get back, play, number one, playing, and, and back on schedule. So even if it's some kind of convoluted 40-game season 
with a playoff that runs maybe into July or something, they have to play. They, they At some point, they have to get back onto the regular schedule because you can't have what you had last year. I mean, it's great. It's it, They did a wonderful job of doing in the bubble, crowning a champion, uh, uh, you know, full marks that for the NHL and, and, and the Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup. But they have to find a way to play some salvage, some portion of the season and a full playoffs because that's what fans, you know, that's what we that's what we love. That's what makes hockey so good. Even the casual fan out there that doesn't watch the NHL night in and night out like we do, they will watch the playoffs because they enjoy that. And to, to, to deny them for the second straight year of that experience in its regular time, you know, it could have a lasting it could have a lasting impact. There's there's no question. That's Tom Reed, enterprise editor at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, make sure to check out his feature that's on our site this very morning uh, about, well, all you have to know is Max Talbot is a superstar in this feature. That's all you have to know. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Take care, guys. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. And today's Just One Question comes from the confluence, that's what he goes by. And I'm here to preface, before he even gets this question out, he can't stand Dominic Simone, has absolutely no appreciation for the finer points of Dom's game. And predictably, he asks, here's a hockey question for you, DK. The Pens finally got rid of Simone. Now what is the appeal of ZAR? I just don't get it. Dude. Okay, let me say something first here, because I'm not going to get into the defending Dom after the fact thing. I did enough of that while he was here. If you watched him play and didn't understand why coaches and teammates loved having him on the ice, I can't help you further. I can't usher you. I can't hold your hand through a hockey game and make you understand what made Dom such an effective 5-on-5 player, other than to maybe point out that the Penguins were missing a lot of what he brings in that series against Montreal, during which he was obviously hurt. What gets me about your question here, and I'm not picking on you, you know I love you, is that you immediately are flipping to the next scapegoat. And this is what I really, really, really hope doesn't happen here. Look, I have all kinds of issues with Zach Aston Reese's game. I don't think he's fast enough, and I don't think he has scored anywhere near enough or shown enough of a shooting touch, a finishing touch, 
whether it's around the net or from range, to justify regular NHL duty. But then I also know that when they took Zach, or not when he was hurt and was off of that line, that all of a sudden Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tanev sure looked pretty ordinary or less than that without him. So maybe Mike Sullivan was on to something when he said that Aston Reese is kind of the glue on that line. What I don't like about this, though, is there doesn't always have to be one. You know, I mean, everyone had – you had Jack Johnson and you had Dom, and now they're both gone. And one of the one of the first things I thought about after those guys were gone was who, who are they going to go after now? Because it always has to be somebody, and it's not always going to be Chris Letang because he's going to have as many great games as he does games that make you pull your hair out. So – What's the appeal of ZAR to answer your question in a the straightest way possible? It's that he really fits with that line. Mike Sullivan has been a big believer in his in terms of his penalty killing ability, which does matter to head coaches way more than it does to fans. And they think that there's more in there from a scoring standpoint. I'm not so sure that there is on that latter count. I do agree as it relates to to the defensive play. He's been very, very, very good. But if you're looking to get faster, you're not looking to do it through Zach Aston Reese. Uh, we're getting ready for this, right? <laughs> we're finding a scapegoat. Hockey can't be too far away here. Thanks so much to everybody for listening.